silky smooth like the chocolate that I accidentally left in my car. You know, I got some Hershey's cookies and cream today. You know, that's the, that's the candy. That's the candy that I left yeah. in my car. Really? White yes. chocolate? It's yeah. white. It's, it's white, and it's sitting in my middle console, and the heat <laughs> turned it into liquid. With bits of real cookie pieces, just like this show, <laughs> Game of Owns, is here. Yes. We're a podcast. Yes, and just like <laughs> I believe years ago, this was in my childhood now, so I'm dating myself. <laughs> oh, that sounds Hershey's nice. Where do you still look like you're in your childhood? Thank you. Hershey's discontinued uh, the Hershey's and cream or cookies and cream bar. You guys remember when? this? Like you couldn't find it anywhere. And oh. uh, then they, I was thrilled to when I, you know, years later I started seeing it in, in, in places again. But just like that, as a parable to what Hershey's did, we for a time had discontinued our book discussion, and we're thrilled to be back doing it. <laughs> that that was nice. I give you credit. That was really nice. I was going to interject a long story. Because, like, Eric is from Pennsylvania, uh, from very close to Hershey, Pennsylvania, Oh, right? yeah, 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 yeah. I don't want to mess up your transition because it was so good, but I just want to tell you guys this really quick story to everybody listening. One time, Eric and I, and I was dealing with this. We were walking around Chicago. I think I was buying a jacket, and we walked, like, a mile for you to go get chocolate milk at the Hershey store. <laughs> anyway, so Game of Owns. <laughs> I needed to replenish my uh, my blood. My blood is actually, it's it's Hershey's, uh, Hershey's blood, yeah. You live that close to Hershey's Chocolate World, and... <laughs> It just kind of rules your your inner being. There you go. Ah, oh, good story. We we you know we did a prologue um, on Monday, and you guys didn't really have much warning about it. But I I can say that we've all been pretty well blown away by the response, and just like you guys, we are super super excited to do the book. It's fun. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. No. And and just uh, gauging from the reactions on Winter is Coming uh, to the post, you know, there were a lot of people who were very very excited about it. So that's excellent. Uh, for instance, uh, Sunspear said, I approve of this goo activity. <laughs> well, I'm just glad that more people are going to be reading along because we've gotten um, some comments and some emails that were just like, hey, I'm going to be reading it anyway. So this is perfect timing. So Yeah, yeah. That's what the Blood Raven said on uh, on Wick 2. Yeah. Cool. I was about to start rereading this book anyway. <laughs> what a cool this stuff is planned. We just yeah. go right off the top of our heads. It works, though. Yeah. So being mind readers aside, we did begin the book in its original true form. Uh, today, actually. And mm-hmm. today is the day that we are beginning right now. Chapter one. It's, <laughs> but it's not numbered. It's not It's not chapter one. It's just the first POV. That isn't the prologue. I have an idea. So this is what we're going to be doing. If you guys are um, listening along and reading along, this is going to be a very easy template for you. We're going to name the episodes as normal because we. Um, that's just how it goes. But beyond that, in the description of these episodes, we're going to put what you need to know, basically. Just a little addendum before the description so you'll know where we are exactly in the story. But if you can count using numbers, the real ones, uh, we're just going to be going chronologically from episode to episode. So it's not too hard to figure out, but there will be a guide just in case you guys need it. You know, it's funny because we are – I do want to get into talking about Arya, who is the POV chapter – POV person character in this chapter. But uh, I had to kind of take a look at the the table of contents uh, just – you know, that I found on the internet to find out sort of how often each character is recurring. And I don't think Danny has, uh, as in Daenerys, has a point of view chapter until like chapter 26. So, wow. yeah, it's like it's like the 26th thing. So um, we're not going to be seeing her for a little while. So I just wanted to uh, give her a shout out. Um, <laughs> whatever happens. So in this if you're book, listening, be sure to uh, send email to Eric specifically. 
Yes. I'm thinking of you. Tweet at um, him. My Khaleesi. But, uh, <laughs> no, in general, uh, you know, I don't know where this book is going to take us. And that's why I bring something like that up. Um, because clearly, just like in the prologue, it was a completely new scenario with new characters. You know, we're just going to be continually surprised by where this book goes, but it won't, it won't be, it won't be East from, from it won't the be. sounds. So well, maybe. Won't be East. Absolutely. Not for 26 chapters. <laughs> Which is almost well. half the book. I mean, the book is, well, the Wait. book is. <laughs> Closer to 70, but still. I'm looking at the table of contents, man. The first Daenerys is on chapter 13. Oh. Second one is on twenty. Is on 28. Oh, really? <laughs> well, how did I yeah. miss that the first time? Is it labeled something different? Let's see. Uh, Daenerys 1 and 2. Yeah, it's easy okay, to okay. Well, we just scared you guys for a little bit for a second there. You see? That was just a trick. We were just gauging whether or not we could scare you all. You're all okay? Still, <laughs> we do owe the Khaleesi a shout-out. 13 long chapters from your heavenly stairs. Oh, guys, Theon gets a... Po- okay, we don't want to go too far. <laughs> well, relax, okay? Calm down. I know Davos and Theon in one book is just going to blow your fucking mind. Oh, it's so. Davos and then Theon in sequential order, oh, Mike. That's, yeah. that's even mm-hmm. more than you can handle. I don't even want to be on... <laughs> the episode where this happens. <laughs> Mike is like, I got to work. Take thing. the week off. Yeah, he's like, it's Sunday. He's like, yeah, they're making us all go to church. It's going to be hard. So enjoy your recording. Yeah, but no. So Arya, are you guys going to talk about Arya? Ari, Ari, Ari. <laughs> I think we just all said it three different ways, which was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, books in our own interpretations of the story. She begins in a little place that we like to call King's Landing. You guys ever heard of it? Ah, uh, that's the airstrip, right? Yeah, you know the airstrip full of streets where they eat the nice brown goo and have fun playing in the streets, stealing mm. birds, selling birds for pies, hot ones. <laughs> it's a hot vacation spot. It is. It's a very hot one. Yeah, I hear the road that leads uh, from there to the wall is pretty harrowing. But is that like a uh, an additional package when you purchase your vacation to King's Landing? You can go and travel to the wall for an extra like five hundred dollars. Yeah. It's not like a Take day excursion. Group. It takes like a month. It's like oh. a, it's like a what would it be the word expedition from yeah. King's Landing to the wall. Although I can see like in a different if it were like in a peaceful time, they could have like the Westeros five hundred k. Or the Westeros Marathon, people running from the wall, just straight down the King's Road. Maybe yeah. stay in overnight at the the Inn at the Crossroads and then <laughs> make the, you know, hot beverages perhaps. Uh, maybe Milk of the Poppy if you're really you, you oh, thought this yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, and uh, just all the way to King's Landing. It just seems like a really convenient road, but, you know, that's the road that Arya is on with her fellows and, and Yorin in this, this, these wagons. I guess there's five wagons. Five. Wagons of flagons. And, uh... Flagons of wagons. They're going to the wall. Just like the number of stars you should rate this show. Yeah. (laughs) Not a coincidence at all. You know, I wanted to say that uh, what happens, or Hot Pie's little backstory that he gives when he's threatening Arya, that he wants kicked a boy in the balls to death. Yes. I thought that was was pretty reminiscent of our old iTunes threats, wouldn't you say, Micah? Yeah, somewhat. It went into gruesome detail. Hot Pie said something along the lines of, and they actually had this line. They put it um, on the Baylor episode, I think, mm-hmm. in season one. But he said something along the lines of, yeah, I've killed someone before. I kicked him in the balls so much. I kicked him down there or something like that so much that his balls broke open and everything turned to black and rotted off and he died. So that's good. 
hot pie, you dangerous man, you. <laughs> I was more excited about the fact that I finally got to learn the reasoning behind this guy's name because he's become an audience favorite, both yeah. in the show and the books. And I can see why he's even more favorited from the people that are very loyal to the books because, you know, so far in this one chapter, I mean, he, he gives Arya a lot of shit, but it's funny learning about this guy and he's going through, I should say this kid, and he's going through all of this and he's going toward the wall. And the entire reason behind his nickname is because his mom would yell in the streets, hot pies, like she would sell pies. Like, that's awesome. Hot pies, hot pies, like extra, extra, read all about it. You know, just some kid selling yeah. his, his parents' bakery. Well, I think George R. R. Martin has set this whole thing up. Uh, that's the easiest thing to say about any chapter in the series. Yes. But, uh, but no, I mean, you know, for hot pie to be, you know, obviously he gets a little softer after Arya kicks his ass, but... um yeah, I think he set up uh, Hot Pie to, to to be liked um, because the only other character, well, besides the bull, a mysterious character, is this guy, this other kid, Lamy Greenhands. And <laughs> oh, Lamy! In in comparison, Lamy Greenhands not as as cool of a name as Hot Pie or the bull, for that matter. No, um, but his hands are green, so that's cool. Yeah. Well, George is taking a dump on Lamy Greenhands. Well, at least he has like a recurring name because there's a lot of people so far that I've read just at the beginning of this book that are mentioned once or twice and probably won't ever be mentioned again. So good on you, Lamy, for remaining alive in a way in our hearts. <laughs> it's too early for owns, but Lamy, I give you an own for having to work in a dying factory, that's what we'll call it. And you're dying a bunch of clothes and garments for the highborns green. So good for you and your green hands. Indeed. You know what's funny is I wonder what happened to the other boys uh that were like who were like the is there a purple correspondent? <laughs> you know, is, it's like yeah. okay, we're working with purple today. Uh how about Billy Red Hands? They're Billy Violet. <laughs> Sandra Violet or something. Yeah, yeah. But um, Well what I noticed about this chapter, aside from whatever color um, people's hands were turning was that this actually took place at the end of season one uh, in the television show. A lot of the the events that occur in this particular chapter actually happened at the conclusion of the first season on HBO. So again, we, we see another example where they move things around a little bit in order to fit the television show. I think it's interesting that they have the decompression episode. You know, that is that is 10 instead of just ending the season with Ned's death. But I think that also helps. It just helps people deal with the shocking things that tend to come in around around episode nine. Um, Yeah. But I I think it is it does present a little bit more of a feeling that it's an ongoing series. If you see Arya being taken north and, you know, I guess make I don't want to say making friends, but having to deal with, you know, it's a continuing struggle. Um, And I think it gives more of that feeling. Um so that's probably, you know, the reason why it was at the end of season one. Barring the prologue that we just read, I really did feel like, and I, I was thinking about this earlier when I was reading it, that this so much, it feels like it picks off directly from the first book. And I know that that's obvious. This is book two. That's the mechanic. That's what books do in a series. But just the cadence of George's writing, he didn't take out a lot of time to, to re-describe a lot of old things that many authors do. You know, We go right back into the meat of the story, and it feels like we didn't take a break for the season. Yeah. I was thinking, I had the same thought. I mean, you know how long it takes George to write these books. I mean, it's five or six years because they're so complex and stuff. But when you read it, it just feels like it is seamless uh, you know, from one to the other. It's like he's got a his his writing voice and he's he's stuck with it. 
you know, in, in this show, we got this little bit of tension between Arya and Hot Pie and Lamy was there as well. But in the book, Arya beats the shit out of Hot Pie. <laughs> I mean, she Police kicks use that his voice ass. all the time. In the book, he beats the shit out of him. It's literal. His pants are soiled and there's a smell. Oh, was the, I thought the soiling was from rolling in the dirt. Did you think the brown was shit, too? Uh, well, it's tough because soil is mud, so even if he had said he's... <laughs> no, you're right. Damn it, you're right. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's 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 tough because there is the mud. You're right. But, I mean, just like Arya continually pounding. But this is um, this reminded me of... Actually, reminded me a lot of Ender's Game uh, because young Ender and his philosophy is I have to show them that I have to beat them so hardly that... that that they don't come back. You know, I, yeah. I just need to make sure that they know that I'm a badass. And Arya has got enough on her plate with having to find a secluded spot to pee every time. Um, because, you know, nobody's supposed to know who she is. Um, and so she's masquerading as a boy, which is, you know, partly your, your, well, completely Yorin's idea. Um, but, you know, we see the wisdom of it. So she's, she's just really trying to uh, assert her, individuality she's just protecting herself in the long run she she beat him once you measure once uh measure twice cut once right that's what she's that's what she's doing right here but uh, unfortunately you know hot pie is is well you you know let's let's be honest he was a jerk yeah he definitely without a doubt asked for it and i think the thing that really got under Arya's skin in this particular situation was i mean the death of her father is still so fresh and there was a lot of internal dialogue in this chapter where she was just missing home and mm-hmm. missing john particularly and thinking back to king's landing and saying you know i really just want this whole place to be destroyed and then she was thinking well sansa's there so maybe not so that was a nice tie into sansa so that was cool but in this case hot pie is insulting her while she's thinking all these things he's saying like how the hell could you get this shit and this is probably just a 10 fake sword she was like actually it's castle forge steel dickhole and he's like <laughs> uh, well i'll kill stuff and then yeah she beat the living hell out of him and lami just stood there you know green-handed yeah, i think what really did it was that he said that it, then the only way she would have been able to come across it is if she stole it. And the idea of John being a thief really didn't sit well with her. She has a really strong tie to John, and it, it comes back at the end of the episode as well, or at the end of the episode, see? <laughs> end, <laughs> you end know of what, the chapter. Though, I was we'll thinking okay. about this, reading these, because it, it, is, it is a full character's point of view, and I think, especially in this per- particular chapter, I could only see Maisie. Um, playing, you know, Arya in, in this scene from, from the show, but also altered to fit the book. These feel like episodes. And it's, it's one of the, the cool things about reading these books. It's not, you know, every year we get 10 episodes a season from HBO, but these chapters are like 70 episodes a book. That's, that's what this is all about. So if you can think of these as episodes and now that we've seen the TV show, it definitely helps us picture in our mind's eye certain things. Um, for me, it's like watching the show. You know, that's why we wanted to, and this is to the listeners, to you guys, that's why we wanted to break these. And we made this decision months and months ago when we were doing the first book, but we wanted to break these books into chapter by chapter pieces, because when you allow yourself to limit the conversation around, for example, here, Arya, just experiencing what is happening to her following the death of her father, you know, you're not jumping around Westeros, like much like we do with the show. It feels almost even more like a personalized episode of television that you get to hang out and talk with, with your friends, you know? (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely true. And I mean, up and coming, you guys know, it's like if there's a character that you really like is coming up 
I mean, send us stuff, you know, let us, let us help or help us or, um, you know, be part of the conversation and, and definitely, you know, allow us to prepare the discussion. If you have any ideas, we'll definitely respond to them. I think it's safe to say though, that this episode for me in my head, uh, is a very high budget one. Because I'm thinking like really, really, really thick sets, like long, deep forests, mm. especially when Yorin pulls Arya to the side for beating Hot Pie half to death with the wooden stick that yeah. she would have. And this is from the book. I don't remember the quote, but it stuck with me. If the wooden stick, practice sword would have had a tip, it was stabbed so straight into his stomach that it would have came directly out between his butt cheeks. <laughs> uh, so thank you, George, for that. But no, Yorin took Arya to a tree and I didn't see this coming at all. But uh, she pulled down her pants and he spanked her with a with a was a switch or just a wooden plank or what? It was, was something. It? I thought it was I thought it was like narrow, like bamboo, because it cut her. Um, so either it was uh, splintery or something. It was a board. It was wood of some. It's probably form. the sword. Probably that sword actually. Yeah, it was. It was definitely wood of some cor- sort. It's being mentioned as, but I, I don't know if the sword was mentioned. But it hurt, and he only did it three times. But I think the point was, you know, these the other boys would then have heard her screams and realized that she wasn't undisciplined or unpunished in a way. He's just trying to keep order. I mean, the problem is all these people are criminals. He, he basically went around the dungeons of King's Landing. Thanks, Ned. You know, <laughs> looking, looking for the, the, the creme de la creme, if you were. And, uh, you know, these, these people act up. That's what, that's why they were in jail to begin with. And so he needs to, uh, assert his, uh, you know, authority over them. And one of the ways he does this is to, uh, you know, obviously confront them all about acting up, saying that's enough, but then taking her in the woods and beating her. Yeah. I mean, she was writing the whole time the other people were walking. So that's kind of a dead giveaway that she was getting favored a little bit. <laughs> so true. I think he, I think he had to try to even it out. But I mean, right after it happened, he was just like, Hey, are you good? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. And she's in the, if you're reading the whole time, she's kind of racing through thoughts of things that Serio taught her, you know, like the water dancing stance or like, oh, I know yeah. I'm not supposed to show pain because, you know, cats don't or something like that. So pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I think that. Even Yorin for a moment tried to remind her that you're lucky to be here. You're lucky that you're not still stuck back in King's Landing. And he mentioned something that I didn't remember and it definitely was not included uh, in the uh, television show. And that is that he was actually waiting for Ned Stark because somebody came up to him and told him that Lord Stark was going to take the black. Yeah, right. no, he was he was actually like paid and directed to stay there, you know, and we definitely didn't get any of that uh imagery in the show. And that goes so much to the show, like for her, for Arya for this moment, this was the ding dong like the light bulb in her head. She was like, So Joffrey needs to die because he's <laughs> the variable here, you know? Yeah. And that's what Yoram was trying to say. He was like, This wasn't what what was supposed to happen. Shit got weird. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And also was mentioned that he was given Gendry, even though we don't know his name right now, right around the same time, if not the exact same time where he was told to wait for Ned, he was given a boy. And that boy is presumably this bull character who later is revealed to be Gendry. How badass is that? (laughs) To be called the bull. and. You know he's quiet, um, but he's just in the background. He 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 does stick up for Ari, you know, a little bit during the tormenting, and and he just kind of is in the background a little bit. But uh, it's kind of cool to have this, and this is this um, emulates real life. 
you know, when you, when, when people who you're with are strangers to you and they may go by an alias or they may have a, uh, a defining characteristic that, you know, in the camaraderie of the moment, you give them that nickname or just as you define anybody by their actions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these people, strangers, kids traveling on the road, dealing with this stuff that, you know, that we know Ari is dealing with. Um, I found to be just really enjoyable and, uh, also pretty realistic. I mean, you know, there's no outstanding magic and necessarily in, 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 in this chapter. So it just felt real to me. Well, there was a little bit of magic and I wanted to touch on it. I wanted to see what you guys thought because, you know, each of these chapters now that we've gone through, the characters have the, the, the those who, you know, take center stage in these particular chapters, the point of view characters, they are looking up at this comet and they're all interpreting it in different ways. You know, on, on Friday's episode, we'll talk about, Sansa and and her sort of reaction to it. But now, you know, with the prologue, we saw uh, Shireen talking with Maester Crescent about it. And we kind of got what Melisandre and Selyse's interpretation of it was. But now here we are uh, in Arya's chapter and she's thinking about her father and she's thinking about Ice and, you know, the fact that Ice came down and took off Ned's head and it's all symbolic of of that particular event which took place at the end of of the last book. Yeah. No, that was uh definitely rough imagery to read. Well, what did Gendry call it? Didn't he say it was the sword or something? The uh, he thought it was a hot sword coming out of the fire. Um so it's like you'll see what you want to see, but what's interesting about these characters is their the similarities between them. Um, you know, between their their images, it just evokes this it, it's definitely a sign. It's a symbol of something. Um, you know, and it, it's, it's kind of cool that it's so prominently up there that we have these characters in diverse geographical regions all looking up at the same comet. Um, and, and how, how it does affect the way they, uh, perceive, you know, either recent events or their upcoming ones, you know, how they live their, their days. Yeah, everybody seems to be really concerned about this comet. Yeah. There's definitely a depth in their interpretations, which is cool. But I, I wanted to ask you guys, did you notice a very loose parallel between what happened with Arya in this chapter to what happened with John in the last book when he started training with the uh, with Pip and the boys at Castle Black. Hmm. You know how he was kind of kicking their asses, and he sort of got he sort of got disciplined for it a little bit, and he kind of had the same attitude. And the the way they were speaking about things was sort of the same thing. The way they were getting jeered at, and you know I can't I couldn't help but think about it in this chapter because she's having this thought about, you know, meeting John again. And then here she is, you know, getting made fun of by two random people, you know, and then she beats one's ass with the sword. And, you know, then she's took off and scolded somewhere and taught that she shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, like hot pies and more pain than you. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of, kind of interesting. A lot of uh, similarities between Arya and John for sure. Yeah. And it helps that they're, I mean, or it doesn't help it. But I mean, just mean to say it was drawn, it was brought up again that, that Arya and John really do get along. They say the same thing at the same time, according to, you know, Arya's interior monologue. And it really made me miss seeing the two of them together. And, you know, you want them to, to meet back up. It's just not, um, that we know of in the cards for anytime soon. So, uh, it just gives us something to look forward to, uh, in terms of her. And she's looking forward to it. Um, but you're right. There is definitely a similarity between, you know, where Arya's headed and where John has already been. I'm looking forward to meeting the characters in the wagon with a cage that are locked <laughs> in. 
Not just Jack and Highgar. They're so bad that they're still tied up. Like, he got them out of the dungeons to serve on the wall, and they're still in shackles in, 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 in before they get to the wall. What's going to happen when they get to the wall, really? You're going to uncuff them. Where are they going to go? They, you think they're really going to stay? If they're that dangerous, won't they be just as dangerous when they get to the wall as when they're in <laughs> transit? Like, is this not flawed? There is a man in the wagon, ladies and gentlemen, that George described as to having weeping sores down his cheeks. So think about that for a moment. Sores that weep. So just streaming nasty pussy sores on his face. Which whatever it happens, you know, sometimes. But shit, this (laughs) guy sounds a little dangerous. Yeah, he he did say one of them had uh, a nose missing where it was lopped off. Oh, a hole in the nose, right. Yeah, and I'm wondering who exactly that is or whether or not they really jumped into Jackins that much. But we'll we'll find out more about that later, obviously. Yeah, I bet he snores pretty badly, huh? Whoever that is. I bet he doesn't snore at all. (laughs) Oh, that is, that's fine. Well, we've reached the part of the episode where we're supposed to tell you our owns. Yes. You know, we could change our mind, just not do it. (laughs) Let's, let's do the owns. Okay. I got, I got mine. Mine is going to go to Yorin, uh, who, when, after the, the big fight that Arya wins, he tells them that if they ever act out like that again, he'll be dragging them to the wall they'll be yep. dragged dragged behind the wagons and here i am thinking you know they're going to the wall it's that's non-negotiable <laughs> their choice is whether or not they can walk or ride there or be dragged there and i just thought that was a badass zone for your and uh just keeping <laughs> keeping control that's a good one i will have to echo and choose Yorin as well because he is a very good barber for a man armed with a dagger so Yorin, <laughs> nice job at lopping off that hair. Here was a very clean crew cut, very convincing. Got right past the Lannister guardsmen. You were just like, "Hey, Ted, let me out!" And they're like, "Hey, Yorin, what's up? Enjoy the wall, Ted. You're standing on it, and here it is." So Yorin, you got my vote, whatever that means. <laughs> and lumpy head, right? We forgot. Lumpy head. That, that's what she was <laughs> yeah. called at the beginning of yeah. the chapter. It must have been hard to do. All right, my own, in a way, kind of also goes to Yorin. I feel like he was the standout in this chapter. Zach, you mentioned this before when we were doing the discussion, and it's when uh, you know Arya says, Joffrey, someone should kill him. And he just responds by saying, someone will, but it won't be me, <laughs> nor you neither. And I just felt like he was putting her in her place and saying, look, someone's going to kill the little shit at some point. But it's yeah. not going to be either one of us. So just live with it and let's move on because we got to get up to the wall uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. So get back on your donkey and mush. You know, let's go. <laughs> mush, mush. So those were our owns. There is a selection of things that you guys could choose. You know the drill if you've been following along with the show for a while or even if you just started during this third season, which some of you have. It's easy. Anyone can do it. All you got to do is listen to Eric right now. Take a look. It's in the book, Song of Ice and Fire, book two. <laughs> um, you can send us Clash your own. The, the, the fastest way to send us your own is to tweet them, and they will arrive instantaneously in our nice at reply uh, column. You can do that. We are at twitter.com slash game of owns. That we are. We had a thought, and we were going to say, send us your owns for this episode. But a better idea is in the air. And if you're listening and you are following along with us in the book, or even if you're not following along with us in the book and you have an idea of what's coming and you just want to submit something that's really funny and can be read on the show, here's what we're doing. 
we're saying, hey, send us your owns. But we're not saying send us your owns for the chapter we just read. You just heard three of the most definitively coolest owns of all time. <laughs> you don't need to hear any extra ones. But Friday's episode, who knows what's going to happen? Sansa's next. It's the second chapter of the book. And I know there's a lot of cool stuff that happened because we've all seen the show. And we know the interesting things that happen right when she starts out in this story. So, you know, maybe look ahead a little bit and send some our way. Yes, indeed. And another way you can do this is to email your owns. We did receive uh, an own for this chapter via email. Our address uh, is contact at gameofowns.com. And uh, here it is. Emphasis this on the dot. Emphasis on the dot. And this is, from, this is from Joey uh, Simmons. Okay. And uh, Joey says, my own for Arya's chapter happened shortly after Hot Pie refused being given her practice stick instead of needle. Arya's practice stick owned Hot Pie's donkey's <laughs> hindquarters, which yes. sent Hot Pie falling to the ground into the mud. I would have taken the practice stick if I were him. <laughs> um, and that was sent in again via email, contact at gameofowns.com. Well, thank you, Joe. You jumped the gun. You did a great job, sir. Way to look ahead. Yes, indeed. And uh, also, we are on Facebook, if you guys were wondering. We, uh, Micah, how's your Game of Thrones Ascent uh, guild going? <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's on hiatus a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I got it. It took a little time off, but but we'll get back there, you know. And now it's the off season or the on season. I know that's how (laughs) Eric likes the on season. Yes, but uh, you know, a little bit more time now to sort of build my uh, my kingdom up on uh, the Game of Thrones Ascent Facebook. I only ask because I put in a a message alert, a request to you to marry my daughter. Um, and that was like in uh, December, and uh, you have not uh, replied (laughs) to that yet. Well, you know, actually, he did, but he. We, it's just that we were talking about it amongst ourselves, and we agreed that he would marry my daughter. So, <laughs> if there was any miscommunication there, I you, apologize. You know, you know what? Why don't you guys marry Micah? Why don't you marry Zach's daughter? But you can do it in my keep. You can. You can. What come, a great idea! Yeah, come to my castle. Come to the twins, <laughs> and uh, and we'll have a wedding. We'll just. We'll oh, do it. It'll be beautiful. There sounds, will be sounds. Uh, there will be cellists. And and it will be beautiful. That is really sweet of you, Eric. I never expected you just to take that so easily. That's See, great. See, matches made on Facebook.com slash Game of Owns. <laughs> there you go. And I know, uh, Eric, you mentioned the Twitter uh, earlier, and uh, we actually got uh, an own in from the uh, last episode that we did on the prologue, and it's from Dylan Manwoody. <laughs> and uh, he says... I think everyone kind of owned Maester Crescent by basically ignoring his existence. (laughs) Yeah, that was harsh. That was pretty harsh. He just felt unappreciated in his dying moments. That would be something to see right as you're going out. The girl who just owned you, he's like, God, this is going to be on goo. I know it. (laughs) Well, Dylan, thank you for your tweet and submission. Again, thanks, guys. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. And, of course, you can... As I'm sure Dylan has, head on over to iTunes and give us a nice little rate and review as we head towards the summertime here. People are going to be out and about. They're going to be traveling. They're going to be on the beach. They're going to be doing all different sorts of things. And what better way to accompany whatever those activities are than by listening to us in your ear holes. And Perfect. When you're doing that, Take a couple of seconds out of your day. That's all it takes. Maybe 60 seconds at the most. And head on over to iTunes 
drop us a little line. Let other people know what you think about this podcast. Because let's face it, you have a summer, they have a summer. And they can also get into all this because game of all. You know what I'm looking forward to, guys? Hanging out on the beach stark naked. What about you? Uh, is it... <laughs> 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 what are you going to ask? <laughs>